When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by award-winning dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. And welcome to episode 33 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And a big special hello to all the new listeners that have found the Love Food Podcast. I'm so glad you've connected and I can't wait to hear what you think about the show. And also, of course, hello to all of you out there that have been listening since day one. You are very special and near and dear to my heart, and thank you so much for the support. I hope all of you had a chance to sign up for my free Food Peace newsletter that I send out every Tuesday. If you haven't signed up to get it yet, it's really easy. All you need to do is to go to my website. It's juliedillonrd.com, and you'll find a place on the right of uh, the website to sign up for my free newsletter. And all you have to do is put your email address in. That's it. And just every Tuesday, I'll be sending you a um, newsletter, which includes my latest podcast, and then also um, any other news and blogs and videos that I have found throughout the week that can further help cultivate a more positive relationship with food in your body. So before we get to today's letter, I want to just give you a little content warning. Um, the letter today has um, a description of a trauma and actually is a, a car accident. So I just wanted to give you a heads up in that just in case that's something that you're really not in the mood uh, to hear about. You can either just skip through it, um, do whatever you need to do to, in order to provide some self-care. But I wanted just to give you that content warning and um, let's go ahead and hear today's letter. Dear Food, writing this letter has been on my mind for quite a while. I have written several letters to my body in the past, but never to food. I have sort of always felt like, no matter what I say, I will feel the contradiction and conflict in the thing I've said. But now, after procrastinating for far too long, I am here ready to be vulnerable and share my deep, upsetting, frustrating, and also loving feelings with you. Our relationship goes way back. 
I remember my best friend and I eating an entire bag of nacho cheese Doritos on the couch while watching TV without a care in the world. We would watch each other eat our Burger King Whoppers and we would play a game where neither of us wanted to be the first one finish because then that meant the other still had food to eat and we would be jealous. And then we would laugh at each other for how silly the game was. We loved food. We loved eating and laughing and playing and it didn't seem like a problem. It wasn't until I started to realize that I looked differently than other girls my age. I was bigger, maybe a lot bigger or maybe just a little bigger, but I felt like Goliath next to David. Retrospectively, when I look at pictures now, all I notice is a little bit of an awkward girl with buck teeth and a little pudge. I was also active. I danced, I performed, and was quite good at it and played sports. It bothered me that I didn't look like my super thin and beautiful cousins. I constantly felt like the big one. Sometime in there, I learned from my sister, who at the time was competing in beauty pageants and was taking drastic measures to obtain thinness leading to major eating disorders, that I could change my size. I just had to diet. I had to restrict you food. I had to control our relationship through fear, manipulation, and disgust of all the bad types of you. I realized you were the center of all of my problems in my life. You caused my feelings of insecurity of taking up too much space. I went on my first diet at age 12. It was a liquid diet of three disgusting shakes a day that I had to plug my nose to drink so I wouldn't taste it as much. I lost 12 pounds in two weeks and felt amazing and powerful and pretty and hopeful that maybe, just maybe, I wouldn't have to be the big girl anymore. This began a 12-year fight, diet after diet, miracle program after miracle program, and yet I still never got to where I thought I was supposed to be. I binged pretty much every weekend after starving myself all week, but I was the thinnest I had ever been, and people noticed and acknowledged it in ways like, way to go, and wow, you have so much willpower. I wish I could be like that but I was dying inside. I was performing at this time, traveling with a performing group at my college to different countries. I remember binging on cookies on the bus. While the rest of the group was out exploring Stockholm Square, I was scavenging for sugar that I had been depriving to be good for fear of getting weight on tour. When I was dating my now husband a few years ago, he brought up my eating habits. At the time, I was on a liquid diet with powdered meals you mix with water and eat also disgusting. He mentioned he watched his mom go from diet to diet and that it was detrimental to his family. It struck me like a ton of bricks. It was the first time I saw that the way I saw you food could affect my relationship to my future family. A few weeks later, my future husband proposed. I was the happiest I'd ever been in my life. Then, a few hours later, we were in a car accident that took the life of my husband's younger sister and left him with a broken back and neck and me having to save his life. It was the best day turned to worst. I will never forget talking to my therapist after the accident. I was dealing with some serious PTSD, but instead I was talking about how much I hated myself for gaining weight during the aftermath of the accident, for losing all control with food while in the hospital where my fiance was having surgeries on his injuries. She said, maybe food saved your life. Food was there for you in a time the person you needed the most couldn't be. It kept you together. 
bam, I realized you're on my side. You had my back, but you still made me the big girl. You made me different. You made me ugly, but you also made me feel so warm, happy, and comforted. A couple of years ago, I found intuitive eating and it changed my life. I felt free for the first time in my entire life. I started to feel close to you in a positive way. I look forward to making beautiful meals for my husband and I and started to know when I had enough of you. And it was liberating and freeing. I felt I was starting to truly make peace with you and meeting with my eating disorder counselor was so amazing for my life. Then the best thing ever happened. I was pregnant. My pregnancy was hard. You were horrible. Everything about you made me throw up and I did every single day for nine months. After I had my baby girl, I could taste you again and it was like manna from above. But I hated my body again. I loved what I had created, but I hated how it looked and how I felt in it. My baby girl is a year old and I still have such constant conflict in my brain. Lose weight. No, love my body. But I could change it if I want it bad enough. But I want it to be an example to to my daughter of self-love and compassion. Dieting never did anything good for me, but I looked good. But I want to play that part in the show. Screw that part. I'm not going to conform to the stupid culture of the performing world. I am me. I am beautiful, but I am 5'8 and weigh over 200 pounds. How is that okay? How can I justify this? But I'm actually pretty healthy. Still have an occasional binge, although not nearly as detrimental as they were. They are still so destructive. So just screw it. If I'm binging while not dieting, I might as well diet and binge because I'm losing weight when I do that. You hear me, food? You hear my conflicts? It's so hard. I want to trust you and know I'll always be enough, even in a larger body. I do love you oh so much. I love preparing you. I love eating you. And I do love what you do for me. Help me know how I can improve our relationship. I need you. You are so incredibly important, but this conflict has to end. Give me something here, food. Love, extremely conflicted. Hi, letter writer. Thank you so much for your letter. And I I just really appreciate your um, very vulnerable um, description of your relationship with food. And before I even go into some, I don't know, just some thought that, thoughts that I had about what you describe, I, I wanted to tell you that I'm really sorry for the losses you've experienced. You describe such violence and chaos and trauma and such great losses for you and your family. So I'm, I just want to tell you how sorry I am to read that. And with all of that chaos, it's pretty amazing that you've been able to come to terms with food as one of your great protectors in your life and to appreciate that it's it's had this role of keeping you sane through all of this really crazy shit that's been thrown your way. And I I also would even take it a step further. And I would say this for anyone who's listening who can identify with that letter that you wrote. Um, And maybe there wasn't a serious car accident in your family, but maybe you've experienced a serious illness or someone in your family has a serious illness or there's some kind of um, 
oppression that you're experiencing on a daily basis, whatever it can be, I also think diets can be a great distraction from these really shitty things that happen in our world. Um, They're a great distraction. And even more, um, I feel like, especially as women, we are kind of put in this place to walk down this path that dieting is important, that we all need to have this really perfect body. And I do think it's something, and this is where you're going to hear my feminism coming out, but I do think it is something that keeps um, women from really being their true self and keep us from, you know, helping to solve the world's problems. So one thing that I want to point out to you is this book that I just finished reading. I'm really excited in, in October I'm going to be speaking at the Academy of, Nutri- of Nutrition and Dietetics conference. It's called Fency. And at Fency, I'll be presenting with um, Jennifer McGurk and Rebecca Scritchfield on the hidden faces of eating disorders. And the part that I'll be talking about is um, women in midlife. And a book I just finished, it's called Lying in Wait, and it's by Trisha Gura. Something that Trisha brings up in this book, which I want to point out to you, is that for a lot of us women, when something really shitty happens or um, there's a massive transition going on in our life, we're encouraged to enter the church of the fit body. Those are her words, um, Trisha's words there. And I just think that's so amazing. And what she means by that is that Whenever something really crappy is happening, what we're encouraged to do is to make ourselves look better. So if our husband is divorcing us because he has a new girlfriend, well, you know, go get a facelift. Or if, um, you know, someone in your family is having a serious illness, well, start going to the gym more and exercise every single day. You know, there's these kind of um, encouragements and that they're applauded. Just like you, letter writer, you experienced all these accolades for changing your appearance to be more conventionally acceptable. So um, I think there's something about this Church of the Fit Body that a lot of um, folks, men and women included, are encouraged to walk toward and to like get immersed in in order to distract us from really the important things that are happening in our life, whether they are positive or negative, whether they're comfortable or uncomfortable, they really are just that diets become this massive distraction. And, you know, for a lot of people who are um, trying to heal from an eating disorder and are in conventionally acceptable body sizes, um, I certainly don't think their journey's any easier and I also think that, you know, experiencing things like body positivity and moving away from diets will probably be more acceptable within their family of origin, within, you know, from their healthcare providers. But for you, letter writer, you know, you describe yourself living in a fat body, which of course, it, you know, as I'm speaking right now is not conventionally acceptable by the majority of the world. I'm not included in that, of course, but, you know, I think that's adding another layer for you um, to make this journey towards food peace even more challenging. I wish I had a solution. I I, I feel like the solution really is, is the culture needs to change in order for you and all of us really to heal our relationship with food. 
And I, I suppose it's coming along, but it's just not far enough yet. So we need to keep pushing. But yeah, I think you're going to experience more pushback to not diet and to experience body positivity because your body doesn't fit this kind of conventionally acceptable body size. And, you know, something else with that is I do feel like there's this like unconscious kind of understanding that if you're a fat person not pursuing weight loss, that that's the ultimate um, moral failure. So I, I think that's part of why it feels like you have to, it's it's kind of like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. Because yes, you you could continue to diet and continue to binge and be miserable with that. Or you can give up dieting and experience the weight stigma, the oppression that comes from choosing to not diet. And I feel like, yeah, you're going to have pain with either choice. So I do feel like it comes down to a decision for you. You know, ultimately for you, letter writer, and anyone listening who can identify with this pain that she's describing, I think you need to ultimately decide if you want to be present in your life or not. Do you want food to continue to be a distraction or do you want to be present? And I I say that with, I appreciate that no matter which choice that you make, that there's going to be pain with it. And by risking to be present, you know, allowing yourself to experience that vulnerability, you know, that's the side I'm kind of rooting for here. You know, I'm hoping you choose that because then the world really gets to see you and you also get to experience all the different parts of your life and the people in your life. Something that I think is just really amazing and courageous was when your husband told you that he noticed that your relationship with food was one that reminded him of someone else in his life, his mother, and how he didn't want the same thing for you and for your family. So um, I think he's on the same side as me here. So we encourage you to choose to be present. And you know, as I say that, just know there's always that other choice. You can always go back to the distraction of diets. It's always there in case you need it. And we we hope that you don't feel like you need to go back there because the world needs you. Um, you're here for a reason. And we need to get to know what you're bringing to it. And if you're distracted by dieting and body hate, well, then that's robbing all of all of us of what you're bringing. So, um, you know, I really hope that you can find the strength to continue to be vulnerable in this journey towards food peace, continue to work with your therapist, continue to work with an eating disorder dietitian and start if you haven't already, just to keep finding people basically that can be that source of strength and continue to give you the, the words of encouragement that you need to move forward. So food has written you back, letter writer. I can't wait to hear what food has to say. But please keep in touch. Let us know how things go and take care. Dear Extremely Conflicted, we have been through a lot together, trauma and loss, as well as comfort and acceptance. We are ready to mend our relationship too. Please know we have never wanted you to hurt or be in pain or feel ostracized. We also don't have the solutions. 
Only living your unique life and being vulnerable to what your experiences bring will help you heal. Remember, this is all a journey, not an absolute state. So you can withstand the pain life brings. The more you stay in the present, compassionately accepting yourself, the more the world will rejoice. The world is a better place with you in it. No distraction can change that. Love, food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your Dear Food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Love Food series. Have you enjoyed the show, or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrd. Take care. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.